the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's Water Malone. Podcast. Inside of Water Malone. Alrighty. Welcome in everyone to the first post-draft Water Malone's podcast where I will be evaluating, grading, ranking our rookie draft and letting everyone know where they fucked up, where they did well and, you know, just giving my general opinion on the draft and how it went. Uh, in general, I, wanted, I, I think that it was a pretty successful draft. I, like, uh, I think the format went well probably need a bit of an upgrade in terms of staffing next year someone else to do the soundboard because to be quite honest with you doing the soundboard myself was uh a bit difficult but you know we live and we learn maybe next year we'll have a conference room and a whole host of minions to do to do shit for me but let's get into the drafts because i think while a lot of it went as expected some of it some of it was a surprise and that is what we want to talk about today uh we want to talk about the the guaranteed picks the surprise picks and you know the picks that just don't make sense so i have gone through every pick in the draft and given each pick an individual grade what that means is if the pick went exactly where i expected them to go or where you know the general consensus expected them to go they got an a if they went you know later than expected and you got a steal you got an a plus if you reached on a pick or it wasn't good value or i just don't like the player you got a lower grade and then i averaged out every single pick gave you an overall grade and then put them in order so First, I want to go through the best picks of the draft. There were one, two, three, four A-plus picks throughout the draft. They were, number one, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was an A-plus pick. He went at 105. Honestly, I probably would have had him above Najee Harris, maybe above Justin Fields. The guy, I think, is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL, and a well-deserved A-plus pick. The second A-plus pick in this draft was Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers went at 303, which was great value in my opinion, going after players such as Dwayne Eskridge, Chuba Hubbard, Kenny Gainwell. He's he If Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, Amari Rodgers is going to feast. He's going to be the number two there. He's going to be the slot receiver. He could have years like Randall Cobb's peak, peak years. And that's an A-plus pick. It's a smash pick in my opinion. Uh, it's a combination of talent and situation. Uh, I have no complaints. The third A-plus pick I gave was to, uh, was to Laith. Laith got... Rondale Moore at 204. Rondale Moore was my 12th or 11th best player going into the draft. Uh, he got him at 16. That's great value in my opinion. I had him higher than Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony, Trey Sermon. Like Rondale Moore was that guy. I think I even had him higher than Travis Etienne. So I think Rondale Moore is going to get the ball 
often in that Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury offense. They're going to get him involved in all sorts of ways that aren't even just, you know, normal receiver routes. He's going to be involved in the screen game. He's going to be involved in the end around game. He might even show up in the backfield because all they have in, in Arizona is James Conner. So Rondell Moore got an A+. And the last A plus I gave was Josh Palmer at 401, which was picked by Drew. I think that was an incredible value for a guy who could replace uh, Mike Williams as the number two receiver in Los Angeles. Justin Herbert is one of the premier uh, quarterbacks in the league. He's young. He showed out last season and if he's going to be keeping up his 4,000-plus yard pace, 4,500-yard-plus pace, someone's going to have to catch it. With Hunter Henry gone, Keenan Allen getting older, Mike Williams uh, probably off the team next year because he's only got one year left on his contract. Josh Palmer, for dynasty purposes, might be in a great position to succeed. Uh, so those were the four A-plus picks. I don't think... Oh, no. One person got an F pick. And I think we all know, we all know who that pick was. We all know who that person was, and it was Ahmed for picking Kenny and Wangwu in the second round at 206. After making an excellent trade to trade back from 102 to 103, getting Trey Lance with that value, moving up eight spots from the third round to the four, to the second, he wasted a pick on the backup to the backup in Minnesota when he doesn't even have Dalvin Cook. That wasn't even like a Chuba Hubbard lathe handcuff situation. That was just a straight up reach. Uh, it's a guy who didn't show up show out athletically, didn't show out on tape, didn't put up incredible numbers. He wasn't like the greatest running back. And yet he was taken as the fifth running back off the board. Honestly, if he went undrafted, I wouldn't have been surprised in most leagues. And yet... Ahmed took him in the second, which is absolutely wild. But if you want to go get your guy, get your guy. But you're going to get an F for it in my grading system. Um, so those are the individual picks that are worth mentioning. And let's get into, you know, the, the, the meat of this episode. Everyone wants to know how well did they do drafting overall. Uh, the fact of the matter is there are some really, really good drafts. A lot of these drafts got, you know, a B plus or above. Some of them, some of them did not. Some of them got really bad grades. And Pat honestly was not one of them. Pat, who didn't even draft, who didn't even auto draft. We used a website to draft for him. Ended up sort of close, closer to mid table than the bottom. And that's embarrassing. But let's get into it and let's discuss. Coming in at number 12. Jordan picked Tutu Atwell and Marquez what Marquez Stevenson wide receivers for the LA Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Now, granted, Jordan only had a fourth and a fifth round pick. So, you know, fair enough. He didn't have much or a third and a fifth round pick, so fair enough. He didn't have much to work with. But come on, dude. Tutu Atwell at 311 Missed out on Josh Palmer, missed out on Kylan Hill, Davis Mills, Javian Hawkins, you know, a, a Des Fitzpatrick even, some, a, lo, a bunch of tight ends. 
Tutu Atwell is the definition of a gadget receiver. He's going to stretch the field for Matthew Stafford in LA, but he's like the fifth receiver on that team. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, uh, all of these guys are ahead of Tutu on the on the depth chart, and Tutu's literally going to be playing the Henry Ruggs role, but with less talent than Henry Ruggs. He's Tavon Austin, but like Tavon Austin, the B-Tech version. I have no idea why he got drafted at all, but at 311, I think it was a bit of a reach. So he gets a C minus for that pick. Marquez Stevenson, it's in the fifth round, but he's a wide receiver for Buffalo. Buffalo has, uh, you know, Gabriel Davis. They have Stefan Diggs. They have Cole Beasley. Marquez Stevenson might not even see this, see the field. And with guys going undrafted like Jamar Jefferson, they're, you know, you probably sh- could have gone somewhere else. So C minuses for both picks. C minus overall for Jordan's draft. He only had two picks, so you can't really do much for him. But that is, it is what it is. Second to last, and honestly weighed down by his horrendous, some of his horrendous picks was Ahmed. Honestly, he started off so strong. He gets an A for the Trey Lance pick. He picked the best player available at 103. He honestly could have maybe snuck an A plus because Trey Lance was the 102 in many drafts, but he gets an A. In the second round, though, Kadarius Tony over some of the guys like Rondale Moore, Elijah Moore, you know, even Michael Carter, doesn't make sense to me. Kadarius Tony is not the wide receiver one in New York. They don't have a great quarterback. They barely have a good th- passing quarterback. And I get that he has the first round draft ca- capital, but Kadarius Tony to me is a one trick pony, and I would not have paid up the 202 for him obviously we mentioned Kenny and Wangwu where it was just a horrendous pick uh, and then later on in the draft Ahmed was picking guys that we didn't even know I don't know where he got his draft sheet but Ian Book quarterback for New Orleans in four at 402 ahead of Davis Mills who has a chance to be a starter this year Jacob Harris wide receiver for the LA Rams over you know Khalil Herbert, Jonathan Adams, who has a chance to start, Jared Patterson in the fifth round, Jamie Newman, who has a chance to maybe do something uh, with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. He got C's from from his second round down downwards. It was C minus F, C plus C. Just not good picks overall. And the only thing saving his draft was the Trey Lance pick getting him an A. Ahmed goes into... The, the season getting a C plus for his draft, 11th out of 12. And after his pre-draft moves, we I guess we had higher hopes. After the first round, we had higher hopes. But, you know, it's a bit of a shame. It is what it is. Coming in at number 10, Owen gets a B. A B, yeah, a B. Owen gets a B. He only had two picks as well. It, with them, he took Anthony Schwartz, which, whatever, he gets a B for that grade. Um, there are not many players that are better than him drafted after him. I guess you could argue Jonathan Adams, but Anthony Schwartz has a chance to be something in Cleveland. It, I mean, it's a late fourth-round pick. What do you expect? And then in the fifth round, he gets an A for picking up Jamie Newman because Jamie Newman coming out of high school was an elite quarterback prospect jamie newman was 
touted as a first round quarterback going into the 2020 season until he opted out and then when he opted out a bunch of players jumped him in the queue and then he went undrafted but the fact remains that Jamie Newman is a good quarterback and if he shows out in preseason if he you know does a good job he could solidify himself as a solid backup in the NFL for quite some time and doing that is more than anyone can expect for a fifth rounder if he does even better he might steal the job from Jalen Hurts I don't anticipate that happening I don't think it'll happen and I'll give it a five percent chance of happening but the fact that it's in the realm of possibility for a fifth round draft pick means you know what you get an A and that given the the weighting of the rounds higher higher rounds got weighted more than lower rounds obviously Owen ends up with a B for his draft and he made the most of his two picks um there's not really much he could have improved on unless and given that he's a Cleveland fan he was always going to take Anthony Schwartz at 409 um there's really not much more to say now we get into the interesting picks because those those three were you know disappointing and now everyone from this point up from one to nine got a b plus or above they didn't do anything crazy they made solid picks and they improved their teams and that's all that we can really talk about at number nine pat pat gets a b plus in the first round he picks jalen waddle who in terms of talent was probably the most talented player available at that spot however his draft could have been so much better if he took Mac Jones at the 108. And it's unfair because he wasn't there. I get it. And everyone else, you know, the, the Fantasy Pros website that we used had Jalen Waddle above Mac Jones. And it allowed Lath to get Mac Jones just to pick later. But it is what it is. And the fact that he only has Kyla Murray going into the season is a little bit worrisome for Pat, but he gets Jalen Waddle, a wide receiver who should be a good to great player in the league for multiple years, goes to a good situation back with Tua in Miami. And honestly, if you're not taking Mac Jones there, Jalen Waddle is the pick. And so, you know, good for good for Pat getting a, a player who who will do the job. In the second round, he took Amonra St. Brown, Detroit Lions wide receiver, and honestly probably goes into that job as the most talented wide receiver in Detroit. That's not saying much because they, have, they we have Brashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams as, your, as our one-two, and Quintez Cephas competing for the three. But anytime you go to you go to a team that's so devoid of wide receiver talent, you're going to get targets, and that's what you can expect from Mon- Amonra St. Brown this year. So good on Pat. He does now have two Detroit pass catchers in TJ Hawkinson and Amonra St. Brown, which is sketchy. You probably don't want that. But going into a rebuild, there's not much more you can do. In the third round, Pat took Elijah Mitchell, running back for San Francisco. Could be great, could be bad. We don't know because Kyle Shanahan wants to use every single running back in the league in his backfield he already had he already drafted Trey Sermon this draft and then a few rounds later took another running back even though they already have Raheem Mostert they already have Jermichael Hasty. like this guy has an infatuation with running backs that does not make sense and one of them is going to be fantasy relevant 
one of them is going to be elite and one of them is going to be injured. That's the way it is. We don't know which one is which. So, you know, I can't give Pat more than a B for that because it's a it's really a toss up and there are much better players later on in the draft. Nico Collins went a pick later, for example. Josh Palmer went later. Davis Mills went later. But it is what it is. In the fourth round, Pat takes Des Fitzpatrick. And I actually love this pick. Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round being basically the only other wide receiver on Tennessee after fucking um, A.J. Brown. It's a guy that's going to get targets again. Pat just solidifying his wide receiver core with players that may not be the most talented, may not be in the flashiest situations, but guys that will get targets. And honestly, in a half PPR league, that's really all you need. So, I mean, good job to Fantasy Pros for getting Des Fitzpatrick. Um, because with Corey Davis out of there and in New York, it, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good deal. And then in the fifth round, uh, Ihmir Smith-Marset. Don't know who he is. Didn't he know about him before the draft. Uh, probably won't ever hear, him about, hear about him again because of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But if you need a wide receiver on Minnesota, why not take the shot in case one of them gets injured and Irv Smith gets injured and Dalvin Cook gets injured and I guess Kenny Nwangwu gets injured. You never know. Ehmir might be fantasy relevant. So Pat gets a B-plus for his draft because... Honestly, all around, he took pretty solid players and players that should be relevant for quite a few years. He took wide receivers in four out of the five rounds, which is exactly what you want to do when you have a rebuilding team. Running backs should probably be the last things you last thing you add because, you know, you never know when a running back is going to fall off a cliff and you don't want to be rebuilding for three years and then your running backs <laughs> fall off a cliff just as soon as your team's coming together. Number eight, Khalid. Khalid gets a B plus as well. Khalid at 101, Trevor Lawrence. That's an A pick. It is what it is. He was the consensus number one. No one else was going to be there. You get an A. Uh, you did exactly what everyone expected for you to do. Good job. At 201, Khalid gets an A minus because he took Rashad Bateman, who is probably the second best player, in my opinion, available at that spot after Rondale Moore. Uh, Rashad Bateman is going to Baltimore. He will be the best receiver that Lamar probably has ever played with. He's better than Hollywood. He's better than Dez. He's better than fucking... He's better than Mark Andrews, probably, as a receiver. And having... Just being the one in Baltimore, even though it's a run-first offense, you know he might be a touchdown hog. He might be the X receiver that Lamar needs to turn his fantasy throwing around to turn his real-life NFL throwing around. And if Khaled can capitalize on Lamar having an MVPS season like he did two years ago, then it's a smash pick. In the third round, Khaled's draft kind of fell apart a bit, taking Dwayne Eskridge. That didn't really make sense to me with Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask. You know, Tylen Wallace, even uh, Amari Rogers, Nico Collins, Elijah Mitchell, Josh Palmer, Davis Mills, all on the board. Why are you taking Dwayne Eskridge, Khaled? It doesn't make any sense. Because D 
DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have that Seattle job locked up for the foreseeable future. They just gave Tyler Lockett a four-year deal, Khalid. What are you doing, boss? Where is where is Dwayne Eskridge fitting into that that team? He's fighting with David Moore for wide receiver three. What are we doing? Fuck. Anyways, Khalid gets a C for Dwayne Eskridge. I hated the pick. There were many players better than that. It doesn't make sense. I get that he has the draft capital, but what Seattle don't know what the fuck they're doing either. They're drafting a shit. God. Anyway, and then at the four. At the 501, Khaled didn't have a 401. At the 501, Khaled took Seth Williams, which I think was a great pick if Seth didn't go to Denver. The fact that Seth Williams is in Denver is a huge problem because Seth Williams is now the wide receiver, I think, five behind Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, the fucking the other guy who Drew picked up last year. I can't even remember his name. Uh those four are ahead of him. Noah Fant is ahead of him. Javante Williams will probably beat him out for receptions. So Seth Williams got drafted to a shit situation, which is unfortunate because I think Seth Williams is one of the most talented receivers in this draft. And if he went to, you know, Green Bay instead of Amari Rogers, I think he would have been elite. But he's a victim of circumstance. And he went to Denver. But it's a fifth-round pick. So, you know, talent over talent over uh situation in that in that case which gets him a good a minus Khaled overall gets a b plus ahead of pat but only good enough for number eight on our list number seven it's me uh obviously i think i killed my draft but i'll i only had you know <laughs> i think a third a fourth and a fifth or something like that oh no i only had a fourth and a fifth i traded up to the third which means that I can't really put myself any higher. Kyle Trask in the third, I think, was a steal. And I can't believe you guys let me get him at 3.05. Brady, while we all think he's immortal, is not. Uh, Kyle Trask was drafted as his successor. That team is built around Brady already. Uh, If Brady retires this year, Kyle Trask steps in next year. I think he's going to be elite it's built for a pocket passer it's built for a guy who can't run they don't really need to change anything give him a year to learn that bruce arians offense give him a year to gel with chris godwin mike evans it's it's party time in tampa bay let brady win another super bowl let him retire and then get to kyle trask the fuck in there because he's going to be elite in my opinion at 405 i got davis mills Again, another quarterback with a chance to start this year, and yet he was going so late. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand what this league was doing. I think Alex was the only one who wanted to take Davis Mills, and I jumped him for it. But what the fuck? If Deshaun Watson doesn't come back this year, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston anyway, so even if he does come back, he's probably going to get traded at some point. Teddy Bridgewater... Is he? No, it's Terod Taylor. Whoever the fuck is in Houston is not the long-term starter. Now, granted, there's a chance that Davis Mills never sees the field and Houston draft a, a first-round pick next year because, you know, chances are they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So they might take Howell or Lovis, Lovell, Sovel, Volus. I don't know what the fuck that kid's name is, or Rattler or whoever they want, they want to take. 
They might do it. But on the off chance that Davis Mills steps in for Terod Taylor and he steps in and starts slinging the bitch and he looks like Dak Prescott stepping in for Tony Romo, then you know what? There's another starting quarterback on my team. And to get him in the fourth, the mid-fourth, it's a steal. It is It is a steal. And then in the fifth round, I took Jared Patterson just to handcuff Antonio Gibson. Um, Jared Patterson is a talented running back. But, you know, you can't really get more than a B for Jared Patterson. There, Jamie Newman, I guess, was available. And then Jamar Jefferson afterwards was available. Caleb Huntley, who I ended up getting on um, waivers, was available or free agency, or whatever it was. But other than that, I there's really not much to say about Jared Patterson. But that ends me with an A-minus draft. And we're only halfway through. So everyone above here got, you know, a pretty good grade. At number six, halfway through, is Laith. Laith gets an A-minus. And honestly, he had a pretty solid draft all around. Justin Fields at 102, my opinion, was a reach. He only gets a B-plus for that pick. I think Trey Lance was probably the better pick. The fact that he was at 103 already and could have gotten either or, he didn't have to trade up, drops him a bit. But I get it. You're a Bears fan. Go get your guy. Do what you need to do. Justin Fields in that Matt Nagy offense We'll have to see what happens. If Justin Fields' talent can overcome Pace and Nagy's incompetency in building a functional offense in Chicago. Um, but he has the pieces around him. He has Darnell Mooney. He has Allen Robinson. He has David Montgomery. You know, if, you, if, if there was a place for him to succeed outside of scheme, Chicago probably would be that place. But scheme is important. And... We have yet to see if Nagy can can build a competent offense. Let's put it that way. Is he just a product of the Andy Reid offensive system? Who knows? I think so, but I am I might be proven wrong, which would be terrible for myself as a Lions fan. But you know, good for Leif. At the one hundred and nine, Mac Jones, a steal. Great pick from Leif. Honestly, great pick. You needed a quarterback, you got a quarterback. You got a probably a good starting quarterback for the for the foreseeable future. Um yeah, for the foreseeable future. And you know, good job, man. You got Mac Jones. Pat should have gotten Mac Jones. You stole him from him and you should feel dirty about that. But Mac Jones will take over from Cam Newton. He has no weapons to throw to outside of the tight ends, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. But it is what it is. I'm sure Bill can figure something out. Rondell Moore in the second round, A+. Great pick. Chuba Hubbard in the third round. I get what you're doing. You're, handcuff you're handcuffing McCaffrey. It's still a B pick because I didn't think he... I think you probably could have gotten him later on. Amari Rogers, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, all still available. Nico Collins, even still available. But I get what you needed to do. You still get a B for it. Tylen Wallace at 306. Uh, again, another B because 
that offense doesn't pass enough. And Rashad Bateman is already the wide receiver one. Hollywood's the wide receiver two. Tylon Wallace, you're taking the wide receiver three in an offense that's not going to pass enough over Nico Collins and Josh Palmer. Doesn't make sense to me, but, you know, I get it. You want you want a part of that fierce Baltimore Ravens offense. Unfortunately, it's the wrong part. It is what it is. In the fourth round, Leith took Sam Ehlinger. Ehlinger? Ellinger. I don't know how to say that name. Quarterback, Indianapolis. This pick didn't make sense to me. I mean, I get that it's the fourth round. You're taking a quarterback. There isn't really much left. But at best, he's quarterback three in Indianapolis. He's not getting a shot before Jacob Eason. He's definitely not getting a shot before Carson Wentz. So I don't really know what to say to think about this pick. I gave it a D because fuck you for doubting Carson Wentz. But, you know, it is what it is. And then as Mr. Irrelevant, Leith took Josh Imaturbebe. Wide receiver Jacksonville, who's going to be the wide receiver four in Jacksonville, I think. I guess you get a C for that. It is what it is. It's he's got a cool name, but he's not he's not jumping Chark, Chenault, Colin Johnson, Travis Etienne, even James Robinson, probably even Luke Farrell or Tim Tebow for targets. So if that guy ever sees the field, it'll be a it'll be a miracle. So there there's Lath at sixth with an A minus. At fifth, we still have three Americans left, Simo and Ferris. And at number five comes Alex. Alex is the fifth best draft. Alex came into the draft with, he could have had just, you know, tons of picks, but he gave two firsts and two seconds for Miles Sanders. So those picks went away really quickly. So he came in with, just the 112, my 112, thank you. And then he disrespected me. He disrespected me by using my own pick to pick maybe my least favorite player in the fucking draft. Devonta Smith with my pick? What the fuck do you think you're doing, Alex? That's rude. That's disrespectful. Honestly, it's uncouth. And I hope Devonta Smith never plays a down in the NFL. Not because of injury. I hope he gets paid, but I hope he finds another passion. Maybe he likes painting. But that dude is 6'2", lighter than me, probably can deadlift less than me, because fuck that guy. I still give him an A- minus because he was my 13th best player, and you got him at 12, so like I can't really be too mad at you. But um, I don't like Devonta Smith. I've made it very clear. I don't think the Eagles are a good team. I don't think the Eagles have a good quarterback. I don't think Devonta Smith is all that hot shit. I think he's too small to play in the NFL. Uh, I have kind of been changing because there's like a lot of hype. So I think maybe he'll be competent. But being taken at, at, as high as he was is too much for me. Can't grade it highly. Devonta Smith, fuck that guy. In the second round, Alex got a steal with Elijah Moore. That's an A pick. Wide receiver for the New York Jets. He's competing with Corey Davis and fucking... Uh, what's the guy's name? I'm blanking. Why am I blanking? It is... Who is the fucking wide receiver for New York? New York Jets depth chart. He's so unmemorable. Denzel Mims. God, fuck. Sorry, Simo. 
He's competing with Denzel Mims for that wide receiver one slash two spot. We don't know where exactly he'll show up, but Elijah Moore, supremely talented. I think he had the he had the possibility of being a of having first round actual NFL draft capital, and that alone means that he is going to I think grab that number one receiver spot in New York and. That's all you can really ask. If you get a number one wide receiver at in the late second, good for you. Honestly, I, I'm surprised he went that late. Kenny Nwangwu, I would t- Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Tony. I would have taken Elijah Moore over any of those guys. So Amon Ross St. Brown, I would have taken him over him too. Michael Carter, maybe. Um, so yeah, good, good pick. And then uh, he gets Nico Collins in the third. Did I say that was an A-plus pick? I think so. I might not. But uh, Nico Collins was an A-plus pick. Wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Who else is there in Houston? Brandon Cooks, okay, but he he's one concussion away from being out of the league forever. And Nico Collins is a completely different receiver to Brandon Cooks. He's very talented. He's a big dude. Like, he is going to be the end zone target. He's 6'4", 215 pounds. That's no Devonta Smith, bro. That's no Rondale Moore, bro. That is a big dude. That guy is going to be mossing people in the end zone if they ever get close to the end zone. But, yeah, good pick. Love it. Nico Collins in the late third. Cannot, cannot criticize at all. Um... I would t- I would have taken him ahead of Elijah Mitchell, Jared Dokes, Tylen Wallace, Chuba Hubbard, Dwayne Eskridge, like a ton of players. Nico Collins is a great pick. Good job, Alex. In the fourth round, it kind of went down downhill. Uh, Jalen Dart. Oh no, it's not even the fourth. It's the late third. But Jalen Darden is so buried on that death chart in Tampa Bay. I don't think anything's going to happen with him. He's behind Scotty Miller. He's behind Mike Evans. He's behind Antonio Brown. He's behind. Probably O.J. Howard, too. He's behind Chris Godwin. Like, that, that's a waste of a pick, in my opinion. Got him a C. Uh, and then Javian Hawkins in the fourth round was the guy that I was spying up. He has a chance to maybe take over the pass-catching role in Atlanta because Mike Davis is literally the only competent running back in that backfield. And if you can get, if you can get touches in that backfield, which is... L- projecting to be a potent offense then good for you Javion Hawkins was a good pick I've cooled on him slightly because I think he might be a bit small again but so I don't project him to take over the entire workload he's not going to be a third three down back in, by any stretch of the imagination but as a pass catcher you know what good pick and in the fourth round you can't really hope for much better than that and then in the fifth round, Kwan Baker, I think, is a great pick. Uh, because who else do the Saints have? They got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. They have Deontay Harris, and they have Michael Thomas. They don't really have... Deontay Harris hasn't locked down that wide receiver two spot. Who's their tight end? Because Jared Cook is gone. Jared Cook went to Los Angeles. I think they have. they had a rookie tight end last year. So... You know, with James, famous Jameis throwing that throwing that shit around, Michael Thomas is going to need... He's not going to get 300 targets. So even if 
Kawan Baker wins out and wins 100 targets. That's a huge amount. Even 80 targets is a pretty impressive amount for a rookie. Um, and to get that in the fifth round is great value. So Alex gets an A- minus as well, but he is the fifth best draft pick, uh, fifth best draft in the Watermelons Dynasty League. The only thing that brought him down was Jalen Darden and obviously Devonta Smith, but that's because I have a personal grudge against him that I think I've gone into enough. I've, I think I've spoken about more about Devontae Smith than I've spoken about the Ravens, and I fucking talk about the Ravens a lot. So, you know, it is what it is. At number four, the fourth best draft and the first A draft of this class is Drew. Drew had a really good draft. Uh, he started off the draft at 107, taking Kyle Pitts. He gets an A- minus for that because I don't really like taking a, a tight end that high. Kyle Pitts might be the second best receiver in this class, but he's going to a crowded wide receiver room. Julio, who might leave, granted, but Julio, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage is even there. Um, Kyle Pitts is probably the third target in that in that offense. If Matt Ryan might leave, so who knows what's going to happen there. And it might take a few years for a tight end to come to fruition the way you would expect it to. Taking Kyle Pitts as 107 is taking him at a ceiling. It's taking him expecting him to be George Kittle. It's taking him expecting him to be Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey. And I don't know if you can take a player that high with that expectation. I think I'd much rather take Jalen Waddle or Javante Williams or Mac Jones or guys who have a reasonably good chance to make a, a solid contribution this year. Obviously, I could be very wrong because Kyle Pitts is ex- immensely talented. He's probably the be- second best receiver in the class, as I said, after Jamar Chase. So, honestly, it's an A minus. I I had him around my tenth or eleventh best player in in the draft going into it. So taking him at one hundred seven isn't that much for reach. If you like your guy, get your guy. If you have a hole at tight end, take Kyle Pitts. Obviously, so you know, good shit, Drew. Um, can't complain. Second round, Michael Carter. Great pick. Great pick. Starting running back for the New York Jets. They have a, they've beefed up that O-line. They've got a new quarterback. They've got receivers. That offense could be good if Zach Wilson turns it on. If they figure it out. If that new, you know, coaching system figures that shit out. Because who else is there? LaMichael Pirine? Fucking Ty Johnson? They're not really competing with Michael Carter. And if Michael Carter can't beat out those guys, then honestly, he's not going to be an NFL running back for long. So you you got carries. You got a guy who who might develop into a not, I wouldn't say an RB1, but a solid RB2 over the course of his career. Can't, you can't really ask for much more than that in the second round. Third round, Drew got a steal. A steal. Kellen Mond? At 304, what? Kirk Cousins is probably going to get cut after 2022 or 2023. One of those two years because his the dead cap after these years is basically nothing. And Kellen Mond has legs. That dude can run, bro. That dude can scramble. You're getting a really good fantasy-relevant quarterback. And you only have to wait a year or two to see that come to fruition. And no one was taking him. That doesn't make sense to me. I had Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask with late second grades, mid to late second grades in our rookie draft. And to get them a full round later, it's it's a steal. It's a great pick. Great pick from Drew. Um, so far, he's killing the draft. 
Jared Dokes, a little bit iffy. He has to compete with Miles Gaskin. He has to compete with Salvan Ahmed. Do I think he's as talented as those guys? He's probably on, on the same level of talent as those guys, but no one really is going to beat each other out. It looks like a running back by committee, even though that, that, that team has intimated that they want to be a, a, a kind of a bell cow back team. But with none of those guys being supremely talented, I don't see it going anywhere by, but an RBBC. And then, as I said, Josh Palmer, 401, A-plus pick. Great, great pick. And then Colin Powell, Cornell Powell, not Colin Powell, sorry. Cornell Powell at 412, wide receiver, Kansas City. He has to beat out a couple of guys to be relevant there. But, you know, on the off chance that he does do that and he wins out and he becomes Mahomes, maybe even number three target, because Sammy Watkins isn't there anymore. He becomes Mahomes' number three target. And, you know, you got to steal it at 412. But, I I mean, the talent probably isn't there. He's probably in a similar situation to CEH where he wasn't the most talented player at the position, but he's getting drafted because he's going to the most potent offense in the NFL. So, will he turn out like CEH and have a disappointing first year? Probably, but... Maybe in future years, they'll figure it out and he'll be even better. And now the top three. Taking the bronze medal. Simo! Simo gets an A. But Simo gets an A across the board. Like, every single pick except one was an A. And the only pick that wasn't an A was Najee Harris at 104, which is an A-. minus. I personally would have taken Mac, uh, Jamar Chase or Zach Wilson because that's the type of league we're in. We're in a super flex, super flex league and I don't think Simo's in a position where he can compete this year. And I understand him not taking Jamar Chase because his wide receiver room is ridiculous with Mike Evans, with Tyreek Hill, with Justin Jefferson. But you can never have too many elite wide receivers. Never forget that, kids. And I get that Najee Harris is in a position in Pittsburgh where he can just... He's probably going to get 300-plus carries this year, plus targets. But that O-line isn't what it used to be, kids. It's not. That O-line in Pittsburgh is garbage. They have a good pass-blocking interior. Their tackles are trash. They didn't even really address it in this draft, taking picks in like the third, fourth, and fifth round where they're picking up tackles and shit. I think they picked up a center, but come on. Like, if it doesn't matter if you're supremely talented getting 300 carries. If you're going for 2.4 yards a carry, it's not going to be great. I don't think that'll happen. I think Najee will probably finish the year as a back-end RB1. If they beef up the O-line next year, if they get a better quarterback than the corpse of Big Ben, he'll be better. But just given the, the, the picks that went right after him, Jamar Chase, Zach Wilson, and the fact that Simo traded up to 104 to get Najee Harris, I think, you know, A minus. But after that, smashed it. Smashed it, mate. A you get an A for Travis Etienne at Jacksonville. Um, he's probably going to be a, a, a utility weapon, wide receiver, uh, in the backfield, running back. Urban Meyer doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about in general. That dude seems confused as a head coach, and he's probably going to quit halfway through the year for health reasons or whatever the fuck he wants to say because he's an incompetent NFL head coach, and I don't believe in him. But 
Travis Etienne is a great player. And I think I had only Rondell Moore higher than him after this pick. But taking Travis Etienne, you get an A. Um, he's a good running back. He could be a great running back. He does have to compete with James Robinson, but who knows what will happen. And if Urban Meyer moves on, the next coach will have a fresh slate, have no affinity to either of them, and probably will see that Travis Etienne is more talented than James Robinson, and he might just win that bell cow role with Trevor Lawrence in the backfield, which is all you can really ask for. 205, Terrace Marshall Jr. With uh, Robbie Anderson out of contract next year, that's a great pick. He's probably going to be a wide receiver three there this year. Fit in that slot role really well in that Joe Brady offense. Same offense that he came from at LSU. Now he's going to be in it in the NFL. Um, and, you know, it's it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Sam Darnold will probably need a guy across the middle who reminds him of Jamison Crowder. But Terrace Marshall is way more talented than Jamison Crowder. And... With Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore on the outside, Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, you can't cover them all. He might not get the most targets, but he's going to be hella efficient with those targets. A pick for Terrace Marshall Jr. Coming into the third, fourth, and fifth round, we're just going to rip through it because no one really cares about these back picks. Brevin Jordan, tight end for Houston in the fourth round. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, Brevin Jordan is was probably the tight end two in this class in terms of receiving between Pat Fryermuth and Brevin Jordan. And, you know, he's going to a team that has basically no other target competition. The same reason why I love Nico Collins is the reason why I love Brevin Jordan. There's no one fucking else to throw to on that Houston team. It's literally just them. So, good for him. Kylan Hill, 404 to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's probably sitting behind two other starter NFL caliber running backs, which is a shame because Kylan Hill is very talented. And if he went to a better situation, if he went to Miami, for example, I think it would have been a way better pick or Arizona or, you know, something like that. But it's a shame. Kylan Hill, you, you took talent over situation in that pick. Hunter Long, 4'11", tight end, went to Miami. Um, he's competing with Gesicki, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. There's a lot of targets in that offense. I don't know if Hunter Long is going to really thrive, but he's a tight end. He's talented. There weren't really many picks after that. You get an A for that because they're like Seth Williams, Cornell Powell, maybe you could argue after that. And then in the fifth round, Jonathan Adams Jr. is a great pick because one, he's very talented. Two, he's going to Detroit, which means there's fuck all in front of him in that wide receiver room. And there's a reasonable chance that he wins out and he, you know, he shows out in camp. Uh, Jonathan Adams and Sage Surratt are kind of in the exact same situation. And getting them, either of them, at that, at that pick is, is probably just a good decision, a good roll of the dice, you know? Why not play the lottery? So that gives... Simo's grade an A going into the top two between Colin and Ferris. Now, one of these teams didn't have a didn't have a grade lower than an A minus. One of these teams had a lot of B's, but had two A pluses. Which one is higher? Noted that I weighted them. So your first round pick had about a 45% weighting of the of your entire draft. Then 30% for second round, 15, 5, and 5 going to the fifth round. Number two, 
Colin. Colin took great players all around. He took solid players that are going to contribute to his team. And you really can't complain. He didn't take high upside players. He wasn't about that life. He took players that if they don't even really need to hit that hard. They're just gonna come they're just gonna be there. They're gonna provide points. That's all you need. Points. Javante Williams in the first round. A. Good pick. But I, I liked him more than Travis Etienne in, in Denver. He's gonna beat out Melvin Gordon. Not only did you handcuff Melvin Gordon, your own running back, but you got his replacement at the same time. Like, that's just smart drafting. That's a good decision to make. Because the second you see Melvin Gordon's washed, you plug Javante in and you haven't lost a step. You haven't lost any points. It's not the high upside play, but it's the smart play. And that's what it takes to be a champion. And that's why Colin was champion last year. And that's why he's trying to repeat this year. Second round, Diami Brown, wide receiver, Washington. There's no one else in Washington. There's Terry McLaurin. And who else are they going to throw to? Antonio Gibson out of the backfield? JD McKissick? Maybe. Who else? Logan Thomas? Nah. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger. He's not checking down to the tight end. He's throwing it to Terry McLaurin, and now he's throwing it to Diami Brown because those are the only guys available to him. And Diami Brown's a very talented wide receiver. This was a good wide receiver class. Not all of them got good landing spots, but it was a good wide receiver class. And if you're taking talent over situation, Diami Brown would have been up there. If you're taking situation of talent, Diami Brown is up there. So a combination of the two, nothing to complain about. Good shit, Colin. Third round, Ramondre Stevenson. Didn't love this pick. This got an A- minus for me. And that's only because I don't think Ramondre Stevenson's a very good player. I might be biased because I have Damien Harris, and I think Damien Harris is going to take over that New England backfield with Mac Jones back there. Alabama boys, best friends from college, roommates even. But... Who knows what Bill Belichick's going to do? If Ramondre Stevenson wins that job, you got the starting new... He could be the new LeGarrette Blunt. He could be putting up LeGarrette Blunt stat lines. 10 rushes, 13 yards, 3 touchdowns. You know what? Who gives a fuck? That's 20 points. Easy. Take it. Take it and run. Ramondre Stevenson. Fourth round. Tommy Tremble. I get where you're going for. Carolina hasn't had a good tight end since Greg Olson. Since three-leg Greg. And Tommy Tremble could be that guy. He could be the replacement because they had Ian Thomas last year. And Ian Thomas had a few blow-up games, notably against Detroit, because Detroit can't cover the fucking tight end because our best linebacker is fucking shit. They're all shit. I'm getting sidetracked, but the point is that if that offense is as potent as you want to be, he might be an uber-efficient tight end. Tommy Tremble might be a guy who is a red zone machine because you can't cover everyone in that offense. That offense is probably one of the best in the league outside of Sam Darnold. If they got, for example, a non-rape-accused Deshaun Watson, that could have been the best offense in the NFL. So... All you're hoping for is a marginally better than replacement Sam Darnold and you're getting points from Tommy Tremble. Whether they're good enough to replace Mark Andrews in your starting lineup, who knows? Whether they're good enough to even be worth a roster spot, who knows? 
but it's likely that you're getting points. And then just to round it out, you took Luke Farrell in the fifth round, who is the only tight end. Well, no, he's the second best tight end that Jacksonville will have after Timmy Tebow. And I mean, it's rough because I liked Luke Farrell before this because they don't have any other tight ends on Jacksonville. And if he can do any receiving work, then he'll be an asset. But he doesn't have Jesus on his side. And you know who does? Tim Tebow. So honestly, maybe that doesn't get an A anymore. Maybe that gets a C or a D or an F because he's a non-believer. And we can't have that in Tim Tebow's locker room. And that leaves us with the best pick in the draft. The best draft class of the 2021 Water Malone's Dynasty Draft. And that's Ferris. Ferris was collecting picks throughout the draft. This dude had eight picks. Four of them in the first two rounds. No, five of them in the first two rounds. That's crazy. That's fucking wild. Ferris was doing bits. And he turned them into some great fucking players. Jamar Chase. 105. A+. Plus. Best receiving talent we've seen since Amari Cooper. There's nothing more. To, like, it goes Jamar Chase. Before that was Amari Cooper. Before that was Julio Jones. Before that was Calvin Johnson. That's good fucking company to be in. If Joe Burrow can keep his ACL together and if they don't destroy him by not investing in an O-line, Jamar Chase is going to be elite. At worst, I see Jamar Chase being a mid-wide receiver two throughout his career. At best, wide receiver one, far and away, in the distance. We'll see what happens. He's only 20 years old? 21? He was 19 when he was tearing up at fucking LSU. He was 19 when he was better than Justin Jefferson at 21. That's crazy. Jamar Chase is that guy. I will go to bat for Jamar Chase any day of the week. 106, Zach Wilson. The quarterback, in my opinion, with the highest chance to bust in this class because the New York Jets don't know how to groom or develop quarterbacks. The New York media will eat him alive and he kind of looks like a little bit of a bitch. The guy looks good on the field, but... In public appearances, he looks small. He shrinks. Now, does that mean anything to do with NFL talent? No. Is that something you should be scouting? No. But it's something that I've noticed. And it's something that, you know, I don't want in my locker room. But I understand if you don't want to judge a player based on Instagram 15-second clips. Whatever. Sounds kind of whack to me. Either way, you get an A. Zach Wilson, great pick. Trey Sermon in the second round at 203 was a B. It was a B. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And that's because Rondell Moore was still available. Terrace Marshall was still available. Michael Carter was still available. I get it. It's the Kyle Shanahan system. We love Kyle Shanahan. He makes running backs RB1s. But there's so many of them. Even Alex's darling Raheem Mostert is still there. Like, someone is going to be elite. I would not gamble the 203 on it being Trey Sermon. Maybe next year. Maybe in two years. But who's to say that he won't draft another running back next year? Or that Elijah Mitchell won't step up to the plate and take over? Or Jermichael Hasty will come out of nowhere and be RB1? We don't know. But I wouldn't gamble 203 on Trey Sermon. 
You got a B. At 211, Pat Frymuth. You got a B plus for Pat Frymuth. And that's just because it's not a tight end premium league. And he's still kind of behind Eric Ebron in, in, in Pittsburgh. But he's a good player. He's a great receiver. He's overall just a well-rounded player. And he's a Penn State boy. I get why you took him. B plus uh, in the late second. Kenny Gainwell, I think, was a great pick. I think the guy is super talented. I think Memphis knows how to develop running backs. This is the dude that was keeping Antonio Gibson, RB12, with 50% fucking market share off the field in Memphis because he was so good. Now, he's sitting behind Miles Sanders. He's on a shit team in the Eagles. He's on a team that... Who knows what their offense is going to look like? Is it going to be Jalen Hurts rushing? Is it going to be Miles Sanders rushing? Is it going to be Kenny Gainwell rushing? I don't really know where he slots in, but he's a talented dude. And this would have been a bad pick had you not taken Amari Rodgers with the next pick you had at 303. Amari Rodgers is the only player outside of the quarterbacks after... 212 that I would have had over Kenny Gainwell and the fact that you get both of them means I can't punish you for taking Gainwell because you know what Gainwell probably wouldn't have been there at 303 so you know you played the game good job Ferris you get an A- minus for Gainwell you get an A- plus for Amari Rogers for the reasons I said earlier and then we jump straight to the fifth round where you had your final two picks and you took the wide receiver and running back duo from Chicago Daz Newsom and Khalil Herbert I don't like either of them. I think it's a shit offense. I think Taz Newsom is wide receiver three. Khalil Herbert is wide receiver is running back three on that team. I don't know why you took either of them, but because of the weighting system, they didn't really affect your grade that much. And the two A pluses in the first and the third round, a bunch of A's in the first and and the second round, you get the award of the best fantasy draft of the Water Malone's 2021 dynasty draft. Ferris comes in at number one. He is our best drafter. But I think everyone did a good job. Seven teams got above an A-. Nine teams got above a B+. Only two teams got a C. Do better, guys, next year. Do your research. Figure it out. Don't take Tutu Atwell. Don't take Kenny Nwongwu. What the fuck, man? But I've been talking for an hour and I've been talking to myself and I'm getting gassed and I'm getting hyped because I'm excited for this fucking season to start. I'm excited to see what pans out, what doesn't. All my draft grades are probably wrong, but that's why I'm here. I'm here for the hottest of takes. So thank you for listening. To recap quickly, the 12th best draft, the worst draft, Jordan. Second worst, Ahmed. Third worst, Owen. Auto-drafted, number nine, Pat. Khalid, just above him. Myself, mid-table, number seven. Leith, exactly in the middle, number six. Alex, top five. Drew, fourth. Bronze, Simo. Silver, Colin. And number one, Ferris. Uh, we'll probably get into some more podcast shit as the offseason goes on, as I get more ideas of what to talk about. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you in the group chat.
is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's Water Malone. Podcast. Inside of Water Malone. <laughs>